Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. What a weekend! What a month, really, but this past weekend was just something else. I mean, I'm back in Las Vegas now, and of course the past few days I've been in Los Angeles because I produced my big uh, final wishing machine extravaganza. And um, you might be able to hear my voice is a bit hoarse. I, I do so much talking uh, around this time of year that that frequently happens. But, you know, the event was such a great success. And it's funny how it worked out because a number of people who bought tickets at the last minute were unable to make it to the event. Um, and it was usually they had some kind of a problem with their airplane, you know, like an, a, a flight was canceled or delayed or something like that. That happened to a number of people. And then there were also a number of people who got the flu and had some uh, illnesses pop up. But, you know, it was a small group. This was in a, in a small, cozy theater called the Ruby Theater, right there in the midst of Hollywood. And the group of people who, who made it there, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it was just the perfect set, the perfect group, the perfect vibe. Because, you know, I, I mentioned, I, um, I set a goal for myself several years ago uh, of going coast to coast, giving educational presentations on wishing machines and mind machines. Because, you know, I appear frequently on Coast to Coast AM. And so I thought, well, it makes sense for me to just do sort of a a Coast to Coast tour. That's hard for me because I have so many projects I'm always juggling. But I figured I'll start on the the East Coast, where I'm from, North Carolina, and uh, work my way west at whatever rate I can. And so... Uh, you know, the first one I did was in Asheville, and then as I, I worked my way west, uh, you know, I did an event in Sedona, Arizona. I ended up uh, presenting uh, about this on a cruise ship out in the middle of the ocean near Mexico, and uh, of course the wishing machine was included in my uh, Las Vegas event, and so this event in Los Angeles there, this was the uh, the culmination. I can now say I have achieved my goal of personally presenting this information from coast to coast and I've done it and that's all I can do because I have I have other things to do and I've done a number of speaking engagements this year of course the last one I spoke at had over 500 people and I wanted this one to be a smaller cozier environment and that's why I chose just a nice little theater that would hold a maximum of 50 people and the great thing about that setting is that when you are on the stage, you feel more like you're sort of talking to friends in your living room. I mean, I could see everybody's face. Uh, I could speak to each person. Each person could speak to me. I mean, I did have a microphone, but it wasn't really even that necessary. Um, and, I, and that was important to me, to have that kind of a, a really close uh, close encounter with everybody, shall we say, so that, um, well, we could communicate, I think, more accurately. So there was a very special vibe, uh, a warm feeling in that room, and I could tell just by talking to every person and 
and listening to every person and watching their expressions. I think every single person in that room got this. You know what I mean? Like they understood this subject and um, and loved it and, and just, you know, walked out of there with um, with a new sense maybe about how to address some of these amazing concepts that are sometimes difficult to describe. You know, we're talking about things that are on the boundary of what humans normally can grasp. And so uh, I, I just feel so, so great about it. So it was a, a big success. Very happy I did it. But because that is my last one, uh, and again, it's, it's something I love talking about, and I'm not going to stop talking about the wishing machines, but I, I'm, I'm just not going to schedule any more live events. I said to the people there, and the folks there, they got to see things that nobody else has ever seen. Everybody got a brand new um, gift that they could only receive by being there. And I talked about the brand new adapter for wands that Dr. Mulder has created. They got to see pictures that nobody has ever seen before. And by the way, this is never going to be presented on video. I did have my own personal little video camera running over on the side of the stage, just generally, um, to document to some extent what I was saying for my own personal private archive but that's not something that will ever be available so you had to be there for this and i'm so thankful and grateful for the people who were there and those people they got exposed to information and they were given some tools that nobody else has gotten and one of the great things is i said i want to start working with some of you and create sort of an a team of people who really understand this are good communicators and who want to go out and start spreading the word about this and so um and i said you know you this is a sort of a training session for that so you feel free to let me know if you if that's something you're interested in you know as uh as an educational endeavor and so i've already gotten a number of requests from people to be a part of that and so this is um this is me, again, taking that opportunity to share what I've learned about wishing machines and really distribute that to other people who can now go out and hopefully start uh, doing what I've been doing and, and telling other people about it. But anyway, so while I was in L.A., I you know I met with some great friends, had some wonderful meals. I mean, just, you know, I made the most of my experience. And it just so happens that this past weekend coincided with the opening of the new movie First Man, which is a biopic focusing on Neil Armstrong and his journey to becoming the first man to walk on the moon. First human to walk on the moon, for that matter. Um, At least as far as we know, right? And look, I, right off the bat, uh, I just want to make a couple of things clear. Um, I uh, I do I understand that there's a lot of conspiracy about us going to the moon, and I do uh, I do believe very strongly that we went to the moon. All right, I don't believe there was any kind of a hoax. 
there might have been a backup plan if things didn't work out where they would have fudged things and created a hoax. I, that's possible. But I believe that this did work out, and I do believe that we went to the moon. Now, uh, I understand that whenever you have a big organization doing anything, especially a government, they are going to uh, you know, adjust the the data and the information that comes out and sanitize things and clean it up a little bit and edit it. And so there's no doubt about the fact that what we got was an edited version of what happened. But that's just normal. But the point is, I do believe that this was a real operation. And in fact, my biggest question is how many other times we may have been to the moon that have been possibly kept secret I think that's a much more realistic question, but I'm not. I'm not uh, here to talk to you today about moon conspiracies or any of that. Uh, I'm. I want to talk about this real historic incident, and I don't care who you are. Well, by God, you you have you should be interested in this. You know, it's one of the greatest um, events in all of human history. Putting a human on the moon. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to me right now, you should be interested in seeing this movie called First Man. Now, look, nobody's paying me to say that. And you, I, and I'm not usually a movie reviewer, but I am going to give you my thoughts on this. I did, however, work for a short period of time as a movie reviewer for the Asheville Citizen Times when I was a teenager, reviewing such classics as The Muppet Christmas Carol. But anyway... That's neither here nor there, I suppose. Let's get back to this incident, this amazing incident where humans were sent to the moon. Now, mind you, they were sent to the moon in a very unpleasant way. I mean, uh, I might go to the moon if you got to lounge in a swimming pool and watch a movie and drink champagne on the way or something like that. All right, fine, sign me up. I'll go. No, no. No, they, they took these three fellas, they, they patted them on the back, crammed them into a metal coffin, claustrophobic as hell, bolted that thing down on top of a bomb and blew their ass up there and said, Godspeed, guys. Very uncomfortable trip there and back. And uh, so I figured, you know, if I'm going to see this movie and I happen to be in Los Angeles, well, hey, I might as well go to the best theater in Los Angeles. Now, of course, right there in Hollywood, everybody knows the famous Chinese theater there. You know, it's, it's gone through different names, Grauman's Chinese Theater. And now it's called the TCL Chinese Theater. And, th- I mean, this is... This is uh, arguably the biggest and best theater in the world, but it's even bigger and better now because they renovated it and they added all of these new theaters as a part of it that have the latest technology. I'm talking like custom-made stuff you have to go to Hollywood to see. And so they have this theater there called um, an MX4D so, because they've got like a regular IMAX, and if you go see this movie, everybody says you sh- you should see it on the, like the biggest screen possible, and I completely agree with that. But uh, 
they have regular IMAX and they have all these different kinds of theaters, but they have this one uh, theater there called an MX4D. And what that means is, it's like, you know, you sit down in a chair and the chair moves, it can go any direction, they can blow uh, aromas and scents in your face, Uh, they can blow wind in your face, they have, you know, little, I guess, little plastic um, cords that can zip around and make it feel like there's something hitting your legs, Uh, they have fog machines that can blow out fog, they've got strobe lights, I mean... They can drop water, like, if if you're in a scene where it's raining, guess what? They're going to drop some water on you. And that that did happen in this movie. So, I mean, this is supposed to be the most immersive, you know, realistic experience that you can get. And I thought, man, I've never been to an MX4D, not to mention, like, the best one in the world right here in Hollywood. So, I'm buying a ticket for that. So, I did my event on Saturday... And I was, so I was celebrating the event, and I figured Sunday would be a great time for Lauren and myself to go have this experience. So I buy this ticket. We go there, and um, we actually got there a little early. There's a bar, so we had a couple drinks before we went in. We're like really getting in the mood, you know, wanted to loosey-goosey ourselves a bit for this experience. And the lady who works at the bar, she was great. She was telling us all these stories about different celebrities and her experience with them, and I don't repeat that kind of stuff, but um, it was fun. It's fun to listen to it, you know. Uh, but anyway, so finally, it's movie time. Lauren and I go into this theater, this huge theater, the the only MX4D theater right there in the midst of Hollywood, with this giant screen and these cool seats. And you know how many people were in the theater? just us can you believe that i mean i guess i just picked the perfect time or maybe i just manifested that because i hate it when i go into a theater and there's a bunch of people uh for a number well who doesn't i imagine you probably hate that also i mean sometimes it's fun for certain movies people can laugh and get all raucous and uh you know it becomes like a group event you know some movies of course like rocky horror picture show or relying on that sort of thing but i generally speaking i don't like that i don't want people talking or some baby crying or i don't want to have to ask somebody to move their knees as i have to go pee or whatever so it's very uh i mean i i was just like blown away that it was the two of us so here we are sitting there as soon as they started the 4d stuff lauren's like oh my god i hope i don't get motion sickness (laughs) because she gets motion sickness. I, I never have in my entire life, knock on wood. I talked to a pilot one time who said I, I have never had, never had motion sickness. He says, I flew for 40 years, and one day, out of the blue, I started getting sick. I couldn't explain it, and it can just hit you like that. Me, I, I've never gotten a problem once, on, on, and I've been on some very rough boats and uh, some crazy, just insane, like, world record-breaking uh amusement park attractions i love the stuff that spins that's my favorite thing i love spinning stuff i don't like big roller coasters because i don't like that feeling of being dropped um i you know i've been on plenty of them but i don't i just have reached the point where i don't like that feeling of being i but i like spinning 
Lauren is just the opposite. She prefers the feeling of being uh, uh, of being dropped, and she doesn't like being spun around because she gets sick. So if we go onto a boat or something, she has to take motion a sickness meds. And so I want you to know, however, that we went through this whole movie having this experience. Uh, and I'm talking like, what better kind of movie than this? Where you know at some point there are guys being blasted off to the moon. You know they're going to use every bell and whistle they have throughout the whole thing, experiencing every effect that they had. Uh, Lauren never got sick at all. As a matter of fact, we had fun with the whole experience. Um, you So if you're the type of person who has motion sickness, I'm telling you this so that you don't worry if you have the opportunity to go to an MX 4D theater. Now, there actually were times where it was distracting. It was so like too gimmicky. You know, you'd be in the middle of a scene. It's really interesting. All of a sudden, some effect hits you. You know, some shit comes out of the ceiling or something. You're like, oh. And, and so I, I, I wouldn't say that it necessarily enhances your ability to get absorbed into the movie it's just a very different and interesting way of watching it so i'm telling you that so that you have a little uh, insight on what to expect if you ever consider doing this as well so here we go i watched the movie and it's a really good movie all right uh, i enjoyed it thoroughly from beginning to end it's kind of long it's like two and a half hours long but he kept me engaged. So what I want to do is tell you about um, some of the things I liked and some of the things that I disliked. Now, some of this might be considered under other circumstances spoiler material, but I don't think so in this case because I think we all pretty much know how this one ends, right? I mean, there, there is, uh, there's no twist ending he doesn't get up there and all of a sudden aliens abduct him and you're like, what the fuck? No, we all kind of know what happened. He went up there, they did this, and they came back. So I'm not too concerned about spoilers with this one. So one of the things that I, I really liked about the movie was that, um, you know how like if you watch some kind of low-budget, cheesy, made-for-TV movie, uh, things are sort of overacted and over-dramatized, and somebody delivers a line, and you're like, nobody says stuff like that. You know, it just doesn't sound like realistic dialogue. Well, what I can tell you is that in this movie, um, most of it seemed to be, you know, like played down. and It seemed to be like a, a pretty realistic tone. So I enjoyed that, but especially... Uh, the job that Ryan Gosling did as Neil Armstrong. Now, look, I never met Neil Armstrong. I've seen plenty of videos of him, but, you know, I imagine that Ryan Gosling did a very accurate kind of portrayal of his demeanor. The demeanor of a guy who, you know, he had emotions like the rest of us, but was so controlled, uh, so calm, so meticulous that he was able to repress uh, all of these human urges and instincts and phobias to get a, an amazing job done. And you know, I think to myself like that. I I wouldn't have done that. You know, there's there's no way in hell that I would have gotten into that little claustrophobic capsule and had them fire me off into the moon. I mean, um. So, but but you know. 
these astronauts they they're able to to think and behave in in a different way they're able to control these sort of uh, emotional aspects that you can get sort of carried away with it might make you flip out when the 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 most intense pressure you can imagine is on you not just pressure on you personally when it comes to your your own life and survival but also you know how it's affecting not only your family but the rest of the world and your country and you know i mean you've got the pressure of humanity on you and all these expectations so they i think that his job acting and and portraying sort of the mindset and you know how you would have to deal with the world to be in that situation seemed very realistic to me and of course uh, the, the the effects are fantastic. I mean, it's so nice to live in 2018 when, you know, at this theater where I was, they they project the image with lasers. I mean, you talk about super high resolution. Um, and there are, uh, I mean, everybody talks about just like how eerie the scenes are when he's on the moon. You know, like what? This is probably the closest that you're going to get, at least for now, to that experience of, of being on the moon. I'm sure that in the near future we'll have such incredible virtual reality that it'll blow this one out of the water, but for now, it's uh this is the closest you're going to get to that experience of of being on the moon. So that that's some of the stuff that I liked about it and I liked a lot of the um you know technical parts of what the you know, problem solving and all. But here's what I didn't like. Um for one thing, you go see a movie like this because your primary interest is in the the guy going to the moon, right? And I understand that it adds a great dynamic to have all of this family drama going on behind, but I thought that there was too much of that. Well, let me let me put it this way: the, the scenes where there's drama going on, where he's fighting with his wife or or dealing with the kids or whatever, I think they could have all been shortened dramatically. So there you know that's a part of the art of of filmmaking is trying to figure out how to take a big scenario and just represent it with maybe just one little short moment that gets the point across and you sort of respect the intelligence of your audience that way like okay they get it you know let's move on i would have liked to have seen all those kinds of personal scenes uh, at least cut in half so that more time could have been devoted to the actual trip to the moon and back from the moon which brings me to my two other big problems with the movie i mean again you go there the reason you buy a ticket for something like this is because you primarily care about this trip this guy took to the moon and back but some like gigantic portions of this experience were were, were not even in the movie i mean it's like they they show they did a really good job showing them you know getting to the the rocket and blast off but then once they're up there then it, it just cuts to a title that says like and now four days later you know it's like something from monty python four days later well what the hell is four days like stuck in this thing on the way to the moon i know some crazy shit happened during four days you know where you're peeing and you're crapping and you know little tubes and stuff i don't even know all the things that you would have to go through under these circumstances 
and what little challenges and what was going I mean there had to be something that you could you could show there rather than being like and now let's skip four days later and so anyway then they get on the moon and again that stuff is pretty cool I would like to have seen a little bit more of how like wild it would be to be bouncing around kind of weightless in a way I mean that's not something that you usually get to do in life so that would be cool but anyway that's a little thing but the next big thing is they're on the moon doing you know their stuff and then they're back on earth all of a sudden and I was thinking to myself my god if you were in their situation getting back from the moon would be much scarier than getting to the moon I mean when you're when you start your journey you're here on a familiar planet with all the whole world around you and all these people who can come and help you and scientists and engineers and EMTs you know they're all here and they're working with you and you patting you on the back and give you but but when you're there it's just you and two other guys and you have to get your ass back from the moon I mean I would I would imagine the, like if I were Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, or you know any of those fellas, uh, Michael Collins, if if I were on the moon, uh, as I and I know that they, they they stay very very busy. They give them a lot of stuff to do. I interviewed Dr. Edgar Mitchell, of course, who was the sixth man to walk on the moon. If you've never heard that interview, then uh, you should you should listen to it. It's I believe I posted it on an earlier. Joshua P. Warren Daly, you can scroll back and listen to from the past. But if I were on the moon, I don't care how long my task list was of things that I had to do. In the back of my mind would be like the scene from the horror movie when you get in your car and you're turning the ignition and it won't start when Jason is outside with the hockey mask and the machete and you're like, oh, come on, God, really? This is the this is the moment when the car's not going to start. Are you shitting me? I would in the whole back of my mind as I was having this moon experience, I would be thinking, well, there's a good chance when we get back in this little thingy they created for us and flip the on switch, eh, nothing's going to happen. Uh, and and then what you know what do we do? What kind of a death is this going to be? So that there's a, there was a lot of potential for drama there, and just the whole journey of making it back to Earth, and and then of course, you know, I guess they parachuted back down and probably landed in the water. I mean, but you don't see any of that. You don't see any of that, and and that would have been to me uh, just as interesting as seeing them get to the moon. Because think if they'd gone on this big journey and they made it to the moon. And then they turned around and they came back and and then they died at the last minute on Earth. Wouldn't that be ironic? So, those were my criticisms. But nonetheless, I thought it was really a great film. I think you should see it. Now, you've probably heard there's all this controversy about the fact that they do not actually show the moment when the American flag is being planted into the lunar soil. And that's true. However... They do show very clearly the American flag on the moon 
And so, you know, uh, I don't think there was anything un-American about this film. Um, I think that was maybe one of those creative aspects of how they decided to edit it. Like I was saying, they, they left out a lot of stuff that I thought should have been in there so that they could put in all of this you know, interpersonal human drama with what's going on with his family and friends as he's leading up to this. But, uh, but if, if, if the controversy over the moon uh, or, or the, the flag being planted in the moon is preventing you from seeing the movie, don't worry about that. Like I say, the flag's on the moon. They show it. It's all cool. So anyway, um, I know that's an odd way of reviewing a movie, but there you go. And you should go see it. Um, if you're the type of person who listens to this podcast, <laughs> you know, you listen to this podcast because you're you're curious, you're you're interested in the world, and I have no doubt that you will enjoy yourself. So, anyway, that said, I want to tell you something about well, the TV biz. You know, I I uh, have been a little enigmatic about what I've been up to because I'm working on a number of television projects right now. But I have been given permission by the network to tell you that I am going to be on a special on Halloween, October 31st of this year, 2018. The Travel Channel is airing a live four-hour event it's the Ghost Adventures Live Halloween special that will be aired from Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum here in Las Vegas. And for four hours, um, I don't, you know what? I don't even know all the stuff that's planned. They have so much stuff planned. A lot of people are going to be there. I know Dave Schrader's going to be there. Uh, Josh Gates from Expedition Unknown is going to be there. Uh, inventor Bill Chapel will be there. I mean, a lot of people are going to be there. And I'm not sure what everybody's going to be doing. But I do know that I am going to be operating uh, some very impressive equipment. That's, uh, that's all that I, I guess I can say. And, you know, these things can change the last minute. But... I've signed the papers and I've been given permission to let you know that if if you're not going to be home on October 31st of 2018, you might want to set your DVR for Ghost Adventures Live. And this is going to, to air from uh, East Coast time from 8 p.m. till midnight. And then, of course, here on the West Coast, that would be uh, 5 to 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and so I understand that they're going to, to do some things that have never been done on TV before that are kind of scary, to be honest with you. But that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's what Halloween is all about. So Ghost Adventures Live, you know what I'll be doing on Halloween. And uh, I'm very excited because, you know, um, it's not very often that you get an opportunity to appear on a live broadcast that's going to go out uh, nationally or, or, you know, internationally. I'm, I'm sure it'll go to other countries as well. Um, live TV was the, the thing back in the day, but now unless it's a news program or a sports event, uh, sporting event, it's not very often 
that you have a, a live show and especially a four hour you know thing on a special date like this so uh, this is this is really uh something i'm excited about and i have a lot of uh, work involved in this and so maybe i can tell you more about it as we get closer to the date but that is one of the big things that i am uh, am working on this month and i'll go ahead and emphasize once again this is my busiest month of the year and so please forgive me if i have uh you know lack of communication or, or delays and that kind of thing in fact uh, i have i'm so behind right now especially after these past three days in los angeles um, i've gotten all these wonderful emails from people that i need to return and so uh bear with me as i play catch up here for a while but it's hey it's october you know it is the month for this kind of wild stuff um uh, there's so much going on it's hard for me to even remember all of it. i have a red carpet thing to attend i'll tell you about that um uh, so it, look this is also the month to take the haunted Asheville ghost tours of course as you know they run every night regardless of weather and if you're in the Asheville area or you plan to be go to hauntedashville.com get your ticket they sell out almost every night. So go to hauntedashville.com. I created this tour. I designed it. I've got the best tour guides in the world. And you know, the thing is, we update the tour as new information comes in because we're all investigators. But uh, I suppose that's all that uh, I have to share with you today. So I'm going to get to work on other projects. As you know, my website is joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com. This website is, com- excuse me, this uh, podcast here is completely independent. It's uncensored. I don't have any sponsors, and I don't want any sponsors. Uh, there are no commercials. This is as free as free speech gets. So I hope that you will subscribe. Um, it's called Joshua P. Warren Daily, always short, always free. And uh, you'll find a link there at joshuapwarren.com. You can subscribe through various means or follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And I will tweet when a new one is available. So thank you for your interest and your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.